The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson with you here and AJ Salveson. Talking about what's going on in sports. A couple different things we want to get through today. Uh, some of you heard there in the top of the hour, and we'll get to those points in greater detail. Uh, Major League Baseball with some announcements about their upcoming season. We'll get into that. Thursday, it's our pick six day. Six things we think might happen this weekend. We'll get into that. Um, uh, interesting night last night in Region 11 basketball. I don't know that I've seen a score quite like what I saw last night in this area. Um, and we'll update some of the standings there. Uh, really interesting girls games uh, on the schedule for tonight as well. And then we'll continue to update what's going on with Utah State Athletics. Uh, at this point now, we haven't we didn't get any announcements today, so it's looking like Utah State will not have a game tomorrow. As much as they tried, it doesn't look like Utah State basketball will have a fill-in game between their uh, their series against Fresno State last week and having one of those canceled, not having any games this week because the Cowboys didn't want to leave Laramie and between when Utah State goes to Boise next week. Um, so nothing, uh, no games are, are made up. No interim, uh, find an opponent. Uh, everybody's just kind of laying low right now. And I, I get it. It's so much uncertainty out there. It's, it's hard to figure out how to line up the right kind of opponent that can kind of narrow your opportunity. Uh, but um, you know, you got to try to protect your net ranking and tr- improve your opportunities in the eyes of the uh, the committee that selects the field for the NCAA tournament. And But you also have to make sure you're, uh, you're getting a team that will be respectable, but a team that you could also beat. So it's, it's a hard... Hard combination to come up with on a very short amount of time. So doesn't look like basketball is going to happen at this point uh, for the Aggies as they continue to, uh, I guess, recover and review tape and practice and get ready for the last few games of the regular season, which will be a series in Boise next week and then a home uh, matchup against the Nevada Wolfpack. And Nevada is a team that's uh, climbing the ranks in the net rankings, and in the Mountain West standings. So they're not a team to be overlooked. No, they're good. Uh, it, the last two weeks of the regular season will tell you a lot. Um, I had someone call me an hour ago, uh, and they were asking me, they said, you know, what are the chances you think the Aggies make it to the NCAA tournament right now? And I said, that's 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 unanswerable. You can't answer that because Boise State series is going to mean a lot. Now, if the Aggies sweep Boise um, – They'd have to split with Nevada, but if they can sweep Boise and split at least with Nevada or sweep Nevada, they're in no matter what. No matter what they're in. Uh, you split with Boise, you split with Nevada, probably need to get to the semifinal. If you lose, if you were to miraculously, and that would be like, I mean, disastrous. If you lost the next four games, you have to get to the championship and win it. So, it's kind of where we're at now. Um, but yeah, you're right. Things are getting really interesting. Well, I think really the bottom line here is Utah State is the number one team in the cur- in the current standings, and so 
they are in that discussion now as being the automatic qualifier. Um, it, it's going to be tough to finish it out the regular season. Two really quality opponents. And then the conference tournament's not going to be a cakewalk either. No, heck no. The way that San Diego State's playing right now, the way Nevada's playing right now, Boise uh, has lost three of their last four, but they're going to try to turn that around. That, that's, I don't think, reflective of the type of team they are overall. Um, Colorado State's no pushover either. So, uh, but, but can four teams make it? I think that's... Why a lot of people are wondering, have the Aggies done enough to be considered an automatic? And really the bottom bottom line here is, no, I don't think they have. I think how things turn out in these last two opponents could really determine that. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Two quad wins against San Diego State, which is looking better and better every day. But... They haven't beat a quality opponent on the road. That's a big knock against them. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I guess you would be right. And and you have to do enough to take away any doubt. Any doubt, yeah. And I think there's still... There's still some reasonable doubt. Because, I, and I mean this respectfully, but the committee is very, very picky with non-Power 5 teams. I mean, unless your name is Gonzaga... Or I'll be very honest with you, BYU. Like you have to be really, really good, and you have to get quality quad one road wins uh, on your resume, or they're just gonna laugh and they're gonna scoff at it and throw it aside and you know look at the next team. Um, now, I think things could get interesting here in the next couple of weeks. I think, and then by the way, you have that open week as well, depending on what happens. But uh, I would like to continue. And we know, look back to Mr. Hartwell's answer yesterday, um, that they makeup games will be based on what's going to be the best option for them to continue to build their resume. And also, what's going to be the best option for the Mountain West Conference to build their resume so that we can hopefully get three to four teams in to Indianapolis. Well, to try to get four. Yeah, yeah. they absolutely want to try to get four there. So, okay, so if, okay, game time here. Eric, let me ask you. Who would get the out of the four teams? We're talking San Diego State, Colorado State, Boise State, and Utah State. Um, who would have the highest seed go from order of highest seed to lowest seed going into the uh, NCAA tournament if they were to go to the Big Dance? Your opinion? Oh, of those of those four Fort Mountain West Conference teams, which would have the higher the highest seed, seed going in yeah, the NCAA in tournament? In the NCAA tournament, who have, okay? So who would have the best seed to the worst seed? Um, I think San Diego State probably gets the best seed. At what? Um, I think they can get an eight. That's what I have them at, too. I think they can get an eight. Then I would think Utah State would be next. Ooh. Okay. But it's going to be like an 11 seed. Holy crap. So you think Boise's like a 12? So I think Boise and Colorado State are probably 12. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I had I had Utah State at a ten, at a Boise State at an eleven, and I have Colorado State as a twelve right now. That's reasonable. And, okay, and you know, let me ask you something. And I may have asked our listeners this before. Um, by the way, you can text into our show invitation as always four three five three three nine zero three two one. Again, four three five three three nine zero three two one to text in. Let me ask our you 
and our listeners this question. You get an eight seed. Nice. But if you win, guess who your next opponent is? <laughs> it's a one seed. Right. Would you rather have a higher seed or a better seed and play a good team in the first round knowing that you're going to have to play a really good team, like the number one seed, in the second round? Or would you rather be a 12 seed and you get to play a five seed and you know how those are the, like, that's the tradition of all traditions in, in sports is that a 12 beats a five every year. And be a five, and so be a 12 seed and then be a five seed and you would most likely get the, is it the 4-13 matchup, I think? It might be the 4-13 matchup that you get. Or is it, it's like either 4-13 or 3-14. and 14. And because, I mean, I think last year I asked the question, I know, and I now know. 13-4. Is it 13-4? Yeah. Oh, geez, yeah, okay. Um, what would you, would you rather have the better seed and play the, one, the, the number one ranked team or the number one seeded team in the second round? Or would you rather be a 12th seed and get to play a 4-13 matchup? Which is more, I mean, which is more seeable as an upset? Um, I think, I think personally, it's better to have that, be in that 10 to 12 seed range. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like 8-9 is just like an 8 versus an 8 seed. Now, Grant, I remember you know, when, when we played Washington or when they played Washington, I was praying that we'd win that game because I just wanted to see North Carolina in person right there. I just wanted to see what North Carolina – I've never seen North Carolina play in person and until then, but I wanted to see them play against the Aggies just to see how the Aggies – and it wouldn't be good, but how they match up against them. How Samuel would match up versus North Carolina, you know? Um, that would have been really fun to see. But you're right. I think that, you know, the lower – the worse he is and you get that upset, then you're looking at a favorable matchup going into round number two. Right. Yeah, and I agree because usually the that uh, – Four, five, six uh, seed is sometimes overrated. Um, it from usually from a power conference, and just because they're in a power conference, they benefited and they get a, a lot better net ranking or or position. But they may really not be that great of a team. Yeah, that's true. I mean, because right now I think uh, Lunardi had us playing. Uh, well, I've got Lunardi. His bracket is. Recent is February 9th that I'm seeing. Okay. So this one is maybe a few days old, but on ESPN, that's what they're displaying. And they've got Utah State currently as a 12 seed facing Purdue. See, that's a favorable matchup. I'll take that. And then who's in round number two? And if they were to win, they would face winner of USC and Winthrop. Okay, then yeah. We're going to the Sweet 16. They're beating USC. I don't think USC is a 4 seed team. And if they get Winthrop, well, then we're definitely going. Like, I like that matchup. I like beating Purdue. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Purdue, I was just going to look. Their record. While you're looking for that 9463 text into the show, I think from a fan's perspective, at this point, we're more concerned about getting into the tournament rather than being picky about what seed. When we're right around the bubble of in or out, we can't be picky. Beggars can't be choosers. If we're far and away the best Mount West Conference team, I think I would prefer a higher seed just for recognition purposes. We want to feel ripped off if we're clearly the best Mount West Conference team. All right, makes sense. 
Um, yeah, but but I I I don't know if you and and, and this I got to be really 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 careful how I say this. I don't know if you should be too concerned about not making the tournament though. I mean, we're like, look, you go split with Boise Nevada or you sweep Boise and sweep Nevada. You're looking pretty darn good going into that tournament, Eric. Right, and until this last week, Utah State has consistently been on the outside. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And until Boise State lost three of their last four, and it changed the the standings, Utah State was not in a lot of these bubbles. Yep, correct. Uh, by the way, Purdue, their overall record is thirteen and seven. They're eight and five in conference play. And they are currently the sixth team in the Big Ten. Hmm. All right. Um. Um. Uh, right now in the net rankings, it's still a fair old matchup. San Diego State is ranked twenty-two. We got a net ranking of twenty-two. Okay. Boise State at thirty-six. All right. Colorado State at forty-seven. Mm-hmm. And Utah State at fifty, so it's still four teams in the top fifty. It's very that's very good. Nevada is up to one hundred and five. They've been inching forward, which is good. UNLV at one seventy nine. I think a lot of us had hopes that UNLV, after some of the problems they had earlier in the year coming together, they'd start to gel and they'd start to win a lot of games in the Mountain West and make that loss maybe look a little bit. Better, but they haven't really gained a lot. They haven't really improved as much as uh, we had hoped. But, I mean, and there's a lot of games that are being canceled, too. That doesn't help. It'd be nice to play those games. As far as the, the makeup opportunities for Utah State, in which will they prefer to try to make up a Fresno State game or try to make up the Wyoming series? Wyoming is at 192 in the net rankings, and Fresno State is 215. Not a big difference there for Utah State. Hmm. Fresno State game may have to be a road game because it was supposed to be a road game, but the Wyoming ones could be at home, which I think makes a difference. Interesting. And I don't, by the way, I don't think Wyoming's going to end up playing Utah State, if I'm a guessing guy. Why is that? Why wouldn't they? Oh, if they're not going to play him when they have the chance to now, why would they all of a sudden play him in a makeup week? Do they have other games that got postponed? Do they have to try to make up? I don't know. But you don't, you're not required to make up those games, though. Uh, let's see, I'm checking real quick. Wyoming has had games postponed against UNLV and Utah State. So Wyoming would be inclined to do the UNLV. Yeah, it, well, yeah, because you could beat UNLV. But if the Mountain West is going to try to help Utah State, don't you think they'd try to say, Wyoming, you need to play the Aggies instead no, again, of the Rebels? I, I don't think the Mountain West is requiring these teams to make up these games. I mean, unless there's like a tie for a seeding, at you know the four, five, or six spot, and you gotta you gotta make up your mind there. Then yeah, then they'll probably have them play. But if there's no if there's no tiebreakers to be needed or had, then I don't think they're gonna make them play those games. 
So the Aggies really, really need to get these next four games in. Like, very much need to get these games in. Um, it would be, if it's at home, if Utah State plays Wyoming at home, those are quad four wins for the Aggies if they win them. Mm-hmm. If they play Fresno State um, on the road or as a, as a road game and win, that would be considered a quad three win. So either way, it doesn't really help you a ton. But uh, I don't know. Very complicated. Trying to figure it out. How do they make up games? You, I would think that Utah State would say, look, we had two weeks essentially taken away from yeah, us. that's true. We don't want another Absolutely. open yeah. week. Yeah, that's true. We want to play 100%. games. Hey, what's the odds? Let me ask you this. Because four other conferences also have – no, excuse me, three, not four. Three other conferences also have open weeks before that tournament with the same idea if you've got to play makeup games. What's the chances that Utah State reaches out to a team and says, hey, let's play? Let's just play one game. Just to, you know, keep our legs warm. Yeah, out out of conference. Just before the conference tournament, play one game. Either on the road or at home, but play one game just to help our resume or help your resume. I mean, if it's a quad one loss on the road, that's not the worst thing in the world. If it's a, you know, if it's a quad win at home, that's a great thing to have. Like, it helps both of our, in certain situations, it can help either team's resume just by having the game take place. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but what are the odds? I'd probably say they're pretty slim. You think so? Because I think those conferences are going to try to get conference games played. Yeah, but it, I, I'm saying so. Like, I think I can't remember the three. I think I want to say ACC is one of them, and then a couple non-power five conferences. But if they don't have makeup games to be had or needed or played, I mean, what if a coach doesn't want to sit on his on his end for three, you know, for a full week and let his players just dribble a basketball around in the same court with not having a game? What if they say, you know, we should play an opponent right now. Let's just get one game in for this open week so that we can come back and, you know, have some kind of momentum going into the conference tournament. I mean, that, I'd take it. I'd play them. Maybe somebody from the Missouri Valley? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. And that'd be a great conference to play. I think that'd be wonderful if they can make that work. There's Because there's a couple conferences, non-P5, who... We'll have an open week before their conference tournament, which is the same as ours. I'd attack it. I'd see if you could uh, get one game in before the w- that week. So right now, Loyola, Chicago, they have a 12 net ranking. Ooh. Drake has a 30 net ranking. They've got a slightly better, better resume than Loyola, Chicago. And then it goes to uh, Missouri State. who has got a 102. Indiana State, 123. Bradley, 138. And then you and I, 189. Then you start to get into territory like, yeah, is it really worth scheduling someone out of conference or just play Fresno or Wyoming? It's push. Hmm. But I I don't know. My, my sense would be that they would try to – the conference would say, look, we've, we missed conference games – we want to try to get conference games played because we we already understand our safety protocols. We already understand our travel protocols. We're not having to try to figure out something new from somebody from another state, from another conference. 
Um, though that's what Utah State was trying to do uh, in a short time frame this week. And we've seen a few others uh, do that as, as well, but it's kind of rare, few and far between when that actually works. So I don't know. I, I think it, there's, is it a possibility? Sure, but I think it's pretty slim. I think the conference would try to get another conference game done, try to get it on a CBS Sports Network or an FS1, so there's a financial consideration, um, and try to get as many conference games played. But yeah, right. maybe if they sense. if they match up and the, I'm just saying if look, you have an open date, if Fresno yeah, I mean, and Wyoming are going to say, you know what, we got other games that we're going to do, yeah, and Utah State's just sitting there, yeah, well, like, hey, we still got to we got to play. Help us out. Do you play a team you've already played? You play them a third time? Ooh. I doubt that. And say, hey, we no. we need to make up a game. So, um, I don't know what you try to find a team in the in the standings. It's you call UNLV and say, hey, let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for round three. Watch you lose that game. You say, hey, you Nevada, know. why don't you just stick around, stay in town? Uh, we're going to play, uh, I don't know, I don't know. is it a Thursday, Friday, or Thursday, Saturday? So we yeah. stick around, we'll play again on a Tuesday? No, it's actually a Friday-Sunday series. Oh, that's right. It's Friday-Sunday. Stick around, we'll play again on um, on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. Do you think they do it? Would you do it? I mean, was like, do you, I mean, do we want to do this for one more game, or do we just want to go home? And uh, and wait out for the conference. I don't know. Because right now Nevada has no games to make up, so yeah, they'll they'll have next week just sitting on their hands. Like we have no games to make up. We want to play. We want to do something. Hey, no way would you play San Diego State, right? Because you'll probably see them in the tournament. No, yeah, I would stay away from that. Three, four, two, six. Uh, only thing that I don't understand, and Eric, you can help us out on this one, is how you beat a team twice in San Diego State and split with Colorado State and still have. A lower seed in the bracketology than both of them. That doesn't make sense to me at all. Okay, this has been. <laughs> you're not the first one to express this question and ask this. Have a concern here. It's not so much about how those games went in the Mountain West. It's also about who has San Diego faced overall, and what are those teams doing now? Like notably, UCLA has been climbing up in the net rankings. They San Diego State beat UCLA to open the season, and at the time UCLA was a ranked team. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I don't see where they are right now. UCLA is uh, the net rankings uh, thirty nine. It's a quality team. It's a quality opponent. So UCLA starting to come along after early struggles. That bodes well for San Diego State. Uh, the Aztecs also beat Arizona State. Uh, they're at 115. Not super strong, but they're playing a Pac-12 schedule, and that improves their resume and, as an extension, helps the San Diego State resume. So it's not just about you beat that team, but the other team beat the other guy, and you, you start to go through this whole set of dominoes to try to figure it out. Um, it, it's really about not just what San Diego State did in conference, but what they've done overall. And those out-of-conference opponents are playing better 
And so that looks better on San Diego State's resume. That was one of the curiosities for me earlier in the year, why Boise State maintained a net ranking in the teens for forever. Yeah. Yep. But they only had one loss, and that was against a very good Houston team. And they beat BYU in Provo, and that looked really well. Uh, uh, that was a really good thing on their resume, too. So it's not just what happens in conference play. You have to consider the whole body. And St. Uh, Mary's is also on San Diego State's resume as a win. They blew them out. So it's it, that's kind of how it works. It's who you play, but also who they played, and how are they doing now compared to maybe you played them earlier and they weren't great, but now they're playing better. Like those teams that the Aggies faced and, and lost to at the at that tournament, um, you know, the Bad Boy Mowers tournament earlier in the year. Oh, yeah. They're sure. all cheering for Utah State, State to now, keep doing yeah. better because that makes their win over the Aggies look even better. So I don't know if that totally answers your question or if, you, if that makes sense, but you have to consider not just what happens in conference play, but their whole body of work. And that's how the net ranking works. Um, now, they did. I was reading some things on this just the other day that there was some confusion and debate about when to release the net rankings because there were teams that had played 10, 12 games and other teams who really hadn't played yet. So how do you, how do you appropriately how do you quantify what your, your schedule is and what, how good of a team you are if some teams have played vastly different number of games than others. And that's mm. still, honestly, that still is a bit of an issue. Um, but enough games have been played overall, and now at this point of the season, you've got a pretty fair idea. But uh, it's still, it's a, it, it's not perfect. It's not, it's still flawed compared to in years past when everybody would have normally played a similar amount of games to this point. Hmm. Well, there you go. I, uh, I've been educated. Three, four, two, six. It's just beating a team twice. I can see once, but twice, and you still haven't ranked above you. That's a little concerning. You know, yeah, but Utah State is uh, look. San Diego State is almost in the top twenty-five. Yeah. After this week, they will be. Yeah, but that doesn't really matter. I mean, who's the number one team in the seeding right now? It's possible that you'd have a top 25 team at the end of the regular season, but have a different team win the conference tournament. Hello, we saw that last year. San Diego State was the top team, a ranked team at the end of the regular season. Utah State won the conference tournament. San Diego State ended up with a better NCAA seed, but that's because they had a better body of work overall. Look, I... I <laughs> You win, you take care of business. That's how Coach Smith says it. Just win and take care of business. If they can go out there and sweep Boise State, it, it erases all doubt. It puts them in a great position in, for the NCAA tournament. It puts us in a great position for the Mount West Conference tournament. Win, we're good. Well, and a, the big differentiator here is this is not the college football playoff committee. This, this isn't a group of people saying who passes the eye test and – can, trying to can you know add some factors in there? Well, you beat that team, but they didn't have their player, one of their star players available, mm -hmm. and so that will handicap you and your potential position. The net rankings are just who did you beat, where did the game take place, and what have they done on their full body of work. So, yeah, it still seems a little weird, a little quirky, just like the RPI in high school basketball. 
You've got uh, some teams with a better um, better st- uh, standings, better schedule in their, uh, their win-loss record in, in region play, but are below another team yeah. because they had a better body of work yep. for the entire season. So I'm they have you. a better or higher RPI ranking. And when it comes to the uh, the playoffs, they're going to go with who has the higher RPI ranking. Not who had the better record in region play. It's who was the better team for the full season, for the full year. I'm with you. I'm with you. Great educational class by Eric Franson. <laughs> But no, like there will this, be a uh, test later. <laughs> Bring your number but no, two but pencil. I had the same question. Like I'm glad thirty four twenty six asked it because I I didn't understand it either. I'm like, God, we swept Boise State, or I mean, we swept San Diego State. We split with Colorado. I mean, how does that work? And uh, yeah, I understand it well, now. It's because Utah State hasn't really faced anybody. Yeah, especially not on the road. Yeah, and that's what really hurts them. That's why the Boise State series is so important. Because that is their their last chance for a quality win on the road against a, a potential quad one opponent. Yeah. Yeah. Nine four six three. Before we go to the break. Yeah. Hey, this all doesn't matter anyway because Coach Smith is going to use his Pokemon cards and find us a way to somehow win every Mountain West tournament game. Dude, that's and we'll so secure true. the automatic. Here's bid. the thing: is like we're all like we got to be Boise and you got to do this, like. Coach Smith is – I love that. Pokemon card. He's going to use his magic card for <laughs> Pikachu, the all-dominating card, and just throw it down when nobody sees it's coming. And then we're going to, I mean, be in the championship game versus Boise State again with knowing that we're in no matter what. We're just playing for seating at that point. I just – You think Boise's going to make it to the championship yeah, game? Yeah, I do. They never can get past the semifinal. Right? I know. I know. It's the Leon Rice curse. But, dude, Eric, they're so talented. I mean – and I guess we could talk about brackets when we come back, but like if they can avoid San Diego State going into that uh, in, in that Mount West Conference tournament, I think they're going to get in. I think they'll be in the championship. All right, we'd love to continue to hear from you. If you want to chime in, 435-339-0321 here on the Full Court Press. Coming up, we'll have our pick six, the six things we think are going to happen this weekend. Some news about Major League Baseball, which is exciting. The schedule pretty much uh, being released. Uh, college football, some college conferences are starting to release their conference schedules. So I think that's good news, moving in that direction. Uh, but before we take our time out, Best of Northern Utah, it's coming up. It's presented by Thermo Fisher, and you can start nominating the best businesses throughout all of Northern Utah starting February 23rd. Uh, you can't vote on them if they're not nominated. So if you if you've got a business... If you know of a business that you just love, make sure they get nominated so the rest of us can vote on them. Um, and it starts on February 23rd at bestofnorthernutah.com. That's bestofnorthernutah.com. It's going to be awesome. We're so excited for it. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. And it's all presented by Thermo Fisher, where they are hiring. Big expansion there, multi-million dollar expansion at Thermo Fisher recently, and they need to fill it with quality employees. Best of Northern Utah, nominations beginning February 23rd. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
Eric France and Ajay Salveson, thanks for tuning in and joining us here on a Thursday. Hey, tell the listeners what you just told me, because that's mind-blowing. <laughs> well, just continuing to look at the numbers on the net rankings, San Diego State has defeated UCLA, who's currently 39 in the net rankings. Uh, they beat St. Mary's, who is, uh, what did I say, 65 or something, 65 in mm-hmm. the net rankings. So those are, those are good wins on their resume out of conference. Uh, as I mentioned, Arizona State, they're like a 112 or something like that. Um, but you can look at the resume of a team, like how many quad one, two, three, or four wins do you have? So in the quad one category, San Diego State is 0-3. Utah, wow. Utah State, on the other hand, is 2-2. Two and two. How about that? Boise State is also 2-2. Two and two. So to get a quad one win, and I know we're kind of getting wonky on this, but to get a quad one win, you have to beat a team at home who's a top 30 team, beat a team in a neutral site who's in the top 50, or beat a team on the road who's in the top 75. So, and I think it appropriately weights where this where the games are played. So, as of right now, San Diego State does not have a quad one win. Wow. If UCLA continues to climb, then that might change for them. But, anyway. Wow. So, Utah State... Really only has one more chance here to uh, get a quad one win, and that's on the road at Boise State, who currently is a top 75 team. And there's no way Nevada will go from a 100-ish team to a top 30 team by the time they come to Logan uh, the week after next. So that's why this, this, this uh, series coming up against the Broncos is so important for Utah State. Yeah, it's a major series now, isn't it? Going to go a long ways to determining what's going to look like in the uh, uh, in the uh, what's it called, Eric? Sorry, Mountain West Conference Tournament. Sorry, couldn't think about it. Just seating wise. Sorry. Sorry, I asked your question one more time? It wasn't a question. It was a statement. Oh, <laughs> The Boise State Series will go a long ways in determining oh, the Mountain yes. West Conference seating for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Yes. So now I follow you. <laughs> so, both of us had like a... <laughs> well, I looked wait, at you what? like, what, it's not going to? <laughs> like, am I... <laughs> I mean, can't be that bad of a take. No, it is important. Very important. Um, because you're right. Utah State wants to be wants to stay on top of uh, the standings. Well, not only that, for but, multiple reasons. Well, you, you, not only that, but you don't want the pressure of getting swept by Utah State going into San Diego State. You don't want that pressure. You want to avoid that at all cost. Right. If you're Boise State. If you're Boise State. Yeah. Like I mean, not I mean, not only is the pressure that you got to beat Utah State or split with them, but you got to go play San Diego State at San Diego State the following week. It's not easy. There's a there's a lot more pressure on Boise State than there is Utah State. Uh, Boise State hosting UNLV tonight, eight o'clock on CBS Sports Network. And is that I'm assuming that game is uh, at Extra Mile Arena. That's what 
I'm seeing. Hey, wait. Never I, got moved. No, it never got moved. Uh, BJ Range said it was at UNLV. I don't know what he's. Like, let me just make sure I'm not going crazy here. Got his wires crossed. Hold on. Hold on. I'm just going to look at this. I like BJ. He's a nice guy. By the way, here's such a Boise State tweet. With six Pac-12 games tonight, wouldn't shock me if Boise State's officiating crew is less than stellar. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, I, I swear he wrote that like they uh, it was a road loss. Um, for yeah, uh, let's see. He says Jay Loveville or whatever his name is scored a school record forty points. Tweet Boise State to a needed win. Oh, it's women's basketball. Never mind. That's why it doesn't make any sense. Always look at the pitcher, people. The pitcher. I just saw the legs and I assumed. You know what happens when you assume, AJ. <laughs> Especially with legs. <laughs> Look at the faces. <laughs> hey, uh, Boise State, good win last night against UNLV. Do you think they dominate again tonight or tomorrow night? What? Boise State with a great win last night? Yeah, against UNLV. No, they play tonight. No, Boise State men's basketball? Boise State men's basketball plays tonight. You keep looking at the girls. Are you? Oh, I am. <laughs> I thought the men played last night too, though. No. That wasn't the oh San Diego State beat well, San Jose State with all due respect seventy seven to no, fifty five that was the only respect, game in conference play last night with all due respect I've been you know Derek Olson Jr. might confuse you a little bit every now and then with that long Brady hair uh, Boise State is favored by nine and a half tonight against Did I say the long Rebels Brady hair Braided in hair. Boise <laughs> CBS Sports Network for Aggie fans who want to scout the next opponent. Uh, 2787 Texan says just about every game Utah State has with Boise State is a big deal. True. Spot on. Good take. Yeah, it's good. It's a good little rivalry. Couldn't agree more. Well, I don't know how much of a rivalry it is. In basketball, it's been more one-sided. If Utah State doesn't. Yeah, I think if we're talking... Fall all over themselves and how they handled the last few minutes last year. Yeah, that was bad. That was embarrassing. Holy cow. I've, I've never been so embarrassed never being an Aggie fan. Never seen anything like that. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, what do you think was worse? Let's let's do it. Let's get into depression mode here. Uh, do you think... What was worse? The 17-point blown lead versus Boise State or the 6-point lead that we had versus Pacific in like 30 seconds and lost? Ooh. I dude, I think that Pacific game still stands out to me. There was like a half court shot by Pacific. Yeah. In that game. Yeah. Well, and that it, was as much them like doing crazy good things. The the Boise State one was Utah State just doing crazy stupid things that caused them to dude, uh, Diogo, fall apart. Diogo Brito had the most forgettable three minutes of that game. Just make one decent inbounds pass and it's over. Like, and when you watch it, I mean, now, granted, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? But when you go back on film, I know you watched it and so did I like a hundred times, but you're like, why did you throw it there? Like, what exactly did you see besides a blue jersey standing right in front of you that you thought that would be a good inbounds pass? Like, just just one thing in that whole breakdown. Just I, one <laughs> thing actually goes right like it should. I still remember. And it's game over. I still remember going full Curious George and asking Coach... <laughs> Asking coach, why didn't he have a new inbounder? And him looking at me and rolling his eyes. Like, 
Because I think I was the first one to ask a question, and usually the honor goes to Al, and you could just tell he's like, Al, please, please interrupt, AJ. <laughs> please interrupt him. Please ask me something else. 3426 has an answer. Pacific, I was there. It was the biggest shock. I've never heard the spectrum that silent even See? when we shoot yeah. free throws. So I was sitting... I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I, probably being at a home game Dude. is a bigger shock and a disappointment than be, doing it on the road. The athletic director, Pugmire, right? Do you remember him? Uh, yes, I do remember. I was sitting right next to him. I was sitting like right next to him. He invited me to go sit in a seat with him. And like front row watching that thing, just a meltdown. <laughs> and he, and uh, whoever just texted in uh, was absolutely right. That is, I just remember how quiet that place was. And you, I, I felt like you could hear Al Lewis, who's across the court, just, you know, in his normal voice talking with a packed house still in there, all sitting wondering what the world just happened. <laughs> I take Pacific too, by the way. Not a good feeling either way. Thanks for bringing up those, those uh, difficult memories. Oh, it's memories. always fun. I, you know, I remember I was, um, I was, uh, I was talking with Bean and Dorius and someone else. And we were, you know, talking the great wins. And I was like, hey, guys, what's your worst loss? And it just, like, the mood just absolutely died. I mean, just died. And Bean's like, Air Force, last year. Doris is like, yeah, I remember that one. UNLV. Like, we were talking about the championship game. And I went, I was like, hey, what's your worst loss? <laughs> and they were just, oh, man, they were devastated. Way to suck all the oxygen out of the room. <laughs> it was a great question. I wanted to know. Uh, five three three eight. I have worked the phones all day and have found a home game for the Aggie basketball team tomorrow night against Mount Logan State All Stars. <laughs> Church ball rules will prevail. <laughs> bring your own stretcher. Bring your own stretcher, <laughs> dude. They're gonna bring in a ringer. It's gonna be Tyler Newbold, and they're gonna bring in Spencer Nielsen. <laughs> Isn't J.C. Carroll in the area now that he's done with his uh, professional yeah. days overseas? He's got a uh, he's got a nice little uh, mansion over there in Wellsville. You, and by the way, when you walk inside, you know it's J.C. Carroll's house, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> cool place. It was in the Parade of Homes. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> Is that the only house you went to? Uh, it was definitely first on the list. <laughs> Honey, there's a lot of great homes. I don't, this one's first. Look, this one's well, the only one you need to see. Let's start in the north and go south. What do you south. like about nope. this one? We're going uh, this one first. The interior lighting. Look how the look how the trophies glow from these lights above. This one has a basketball court. Honey, this is why we need to get LED lights right here because <laughs> every all our trophies look better with LED lights shining on them. Uh, <laughs> all right, got to call timeout here in the full the court press. Homes. More coming up on the <laughs> Eric France and Ajay Salveson, 106.9 The Fan. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. I get along with everybody. We have a lot of upside. That's the, that's <laughs> we the have way to look lot, at it. Andre. We have a lot of potential. A lot of potential. That we haven't hit in three years. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to go is up. <laughs> we are the San Jose State Spartans. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Oh, shoot. Hey, I, I, gotta, I know we're going to talk some Utah Jazz basketball in the next hour. Uh, we're going to look at a team from the past, really good basketball team from the past, and we're going to kind of look at them and now – 
what's the differences, what's the similarities, and where they compare or whatnot. Um, they got a good win over Boston uh, at home. And now, I mean, part of his home standing at the Bucks and the Sixers. Who scares you more? Giannis and the Bucks, or Jill Embiid, Ben Simmons, and the Sixers team? Because I'm trying. To, I was trying to think about that today. Hard to. That's a really, really good question. Because until just last night, I would have said Giannis and the Bucks. Yeah. Oh, me too. But me they, too. They lose to uh, the Phoenix Suns. I mean, Giannis put up what forty-seven points yeah. in that game. Yeah. And I just thought the guard play would have been better from the Bucks, and it hasn't been great as of late. I'm kind of starting to swing towards the Sixers. I mean, I know Ben Simmons at the Three every you know every once a meteor, but still like just Sixers I just, are playing really good basketball. Their guard play has been so much better at this time. I think Doc Rivers has really got something going over there. Say so the Sixers right now might might be a little bit more scary to me, and I feel like we can handle the Bucks backcourt, but I also feel like Giannis with Rudy Gobert's height and just the physicality that the Jazz play with might be a problem for Giannis. So I'm impressed. Well, with, the, with Jazz the Jazz can funnel Giannis to to Rudy. Yeah, and Rudy can defend, but Giannis yeah. is a better shooter from the perimeter than Jill Embiid. Jill Embiid's not going to sit there and get on the perimeter and start is shooting jumpers. Oh yeah, is he? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I would take Giannis's perimeter shooting over Jill Embiid anytime, any day. Jill Embiid's getting better, but he's not near the status of Giannis. Not even close. And and Jill, but I will say this: Jill Embiid is a lot more physical inside the paint than Giannis. Uh, he's just got a bigger body. He's he's willing to beat up with you and play bully ball. He does that often, and he gets away with it a lot. So that would probably give me my biggest concern going into this game or going into this two game set is is just Jill Embiid's uh, physical toughness. But then again, on the other side, I, I think Giannis is a better perimeter shooter than Rudy Gobert. Well, yes. Then Rudy Gobert. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, my absolutely. heavens. What I, no, sorry. Stop it. No, I'm you sorry. You Joel Embiid. I'm sorry. Yes, Jill Embiid. My heavens gracious. Yeah. Um, Jill Embiid. Absolutely. I, yeah, either one posed really interesting defensive matchup things. This uh, Milwaukee team, they're like averaging 125 points a game. Uh, they're offensively on a tear. Are, is their bench good? I can't remember what their bench looks like anymore. Well, they are suffering a little bit. Drew Holiday has been held out for a few games, and I don't, yeah. I don't think he's going to play and be available tomorrow. I think it's because of contact tracing. Did they ever get Sincho? Yeah, did they get him back? I know Semino, it's a few minutes because he was out for a bit, but Pat Connington's still in there. He's a problem. I, don't know, I, just, I, I feel like the Sixers bench mm, might be less deep, but is still more productive than the Milwaukee Bucks bench. Yeah, when when I go through numbers and such, I just man, that's a good basketball team in Philadelphia. And like you said, they're playing really good basketball right now. That's true. Uh, yeah, the Jazz are going to face Philadelphia twice this month. Oh, are they twice? Hey, will their schedule get harder in that second half? You think, or does it get easier? Should get easier. I was going to say, will they be playing more road games though? Right? Because they play Philadelphia on the fifteenth, and then they travel to Philadelphia on March third. So that completes that series. But in like Western Conference, they've played. They'll play the Clippers three times, Lakers twice, Houston. It's not a big threat. It's not a worry. Denver, I think they've, they've played. Only, 
They've only played, uh, we'll have played the Lakers once. Once. Oh, really? Since their first game? Yep. Ah. But after yeah, after next week, they will have played the Clippers. They won't face them again. Because they would have played, played them three times. Okay. Uh, they would probably need to play Denver one more time. I was going to say Denver's got to be host one them. more. They've played two games in Denver. <clears throat> so Denver should come to, to uh, Salt Lake. That will help out a lot. Yeah. If their schedule can ease up on the second half, boy, they could make a really good run at this. They haven't played Portland outside of the opener. Huh. So they'd have the Trailblazers again somewhere down there. Uh, 3426 actually just texted. He said, not to be a dead horse, but why don't we play Weber State in the week off? at the Purple Palace to get a quad two win in. Problem is, is I think Weber State's got I have to look at their schedule, Eric, but I think their Big Sky tournament is not that open week. But I, I, I swear they have a game in that open week already. Hmm. We'll have to take a look at that. that Before good. we do that, though, we've got to take a break here on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in, wherever you may be tuning in and joining us. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. We're streaming online, 1069thefan.com. More coming up next hour. Major League Baseball has released some details about their upcoming schedule. And how does this year's Jazz squad compare to the last team that started off at such a great pace? The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Ajay Salveson here with you. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, streaming on the 106.9 The Fan mobile app and online, 1069thefan.com. It's where you can find our podcasts. You can also find our podcasts on the mobile app and message us through the mobile app or text in 435-339-0321. Just continuing some discussion from last last hour, um, Utah State has an open week after the end of the regular uh, season for the conference play before the conference tournament begins. So there's great question and debate about who does Utah State play during that week, if they play anyone at all. Would the Mountain West allow them to play a non-conference opponent? There's some Mountain West teams who don't have games that are lost. All their games happened as they were scheduled. Do they just have a week off? Will they have an opportunity to schedule somebody out of conference? What if the teams Utah State wants to play in conference don't want to play the Aggies. Do you go find somebody else? Is that even allowed? 3426 texted in and was asking about the possibility of Weber State and then uh, followed up saying, Weber State's last game is on the 27th. Our last game is on the 28th, and Weber State doesn't play until the 4th of March. Would there be an opportunity to I squeeze like in an opponent, a, a game, with the Weber State Wildcats? And you, you, and you need to go there. Because that's where the game was supposed to be played in the first place anyways is at Weber State. So go there. Go play them. Um, see if you can get out of there with a win. 
Help out your net ranking and your resume just a little bit more. Weber State currently 106 in the net rankings. Not bad. That's not bad. I'll take it. Happily take it. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, again, I mean, we'll we'll see what their you know the Aggie schedule looks like. Um, during that open week, things could change and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I would not mind playing Weber State that week if if they're available and we're available and we don't have games. Let's let's do it. If Utah State were to win that game, it could be a quad two win. That's great. You can never have enough of those. No, and that's on the that road helps. too. That absolutely helps. Um, the the other issue is is we just don't know what's going to happen the rest of the way here with the final two weeks. Now we hope to get all four games in, play them, win them, and uh, have some momentum rolling into the tournament. But um, you know how COVID is, and it doesn't really care what games are going on. So hopefully everyone can stay safe and continue uh, obey protocols on both sides, on all teams and all players and all staff, coaches and such. Um, and let's 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 finish these games off and let's get out of this regular season. Let's let's get through it. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I had some people asking me about the NCAA tournament. Oh yeah, okay. And uh, just trying to predict, you know, how things might go. And yeah, I think it's going to be so weird this year. Yeah, me too. Because I think you're going to have a team potentially qualify as an automatic qualifier, or maybe even get an, an invitation. But then have an outbreak or have contact tracing or something. It's a possibility. I mean, games are getting postponed in the middle of the regular season. What's to say that's not going to happen in a few weeks from now when it's tournament time that somebody needs to sit a game out? So you're going to have to have your field of 68, but the the, the committee is going to also have to set a realization that, hey, we may have some other teams mm-hmm. as filler just in case. Yeah. So your last four out may actually end up being <laughs> the your last tournament. ones in. Could you? I, I mean, just I mean, we we hope it doesn't happen. But could you imagine um, having to you like you you're the last four in? You get into the tournament, you sneak in, you get a playing game in, and then you're about to go to the first like the official first round, and then you get a notice saying, "Hey, so and so's tested positive. You guys need to go home." Could you imagine being that team? And then on the other flip side of it, getting a phone call, you had just been snubbed from the tournament, probably should have made it, didn't make it. You just watched the team beat someone else that you knew you would have beaten. Get a phone call from the NCAA. Hey, how fast can your kids and your staff get ready to go and get here to Indianapolis? You have a game on Thursday night versus so-and-so. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to handle that. What if a a five- or six-seed team can't make it? And the team that... didn't make it make the tournament. Who, yep. Maybe if they did, they'd be a 13 seed. Yep. Do you slide them in as a number five seed now to fill that spot? No way. Do you move everybody else up? I, mean, I don't know how that affects Or is it the just count as a loss? And, you or know, is it just like, you know, this game's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. This team is going to move on to you the advance. second round. Oh. Yeah. You hope Sorry. that's not the case. Questions but. we don't know how to answer. Yeah. We'll get there. Uh nine three one zero. I'm assuming there's no other tournaments this year other than the NCAA as of right now. That's oh, NIT is gonna happen, I believe, isn't it? Uh that's a good question. I'm pretty sure it is happening. Without fans though. 
Yeah, it's uh, Tuesday, March 16th through uh, April 1st. Is it going to be played out of? I guess they play at, at home sites. Yes, correct. They'll play at home sites, and then they move to Madison Square Garden. First three rounds on campus sites. Semifinal and championship will still be at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Behind closed doors. No fans. No fans. Uh, the, the teams will be announced in mid-March. Well, before it starts, obviously, on March 16th. So, yeah, queer, uh, still a lot of queries that we have here about how this is going to work. Uh, but, you know, as we've said, for Utah State, the only sure thing is to win the conference tournament. Yeah, let's go win it. And then, you know, and you get a nice sexy seed with it. Just go win the dang thing. I'd have to think that whomever wins the conference tournament, unless it's like a an aberration like Wyoming or Fresno State or UNLV, if one of those top four teams wins a tournament, how does the selection committee not say, you, know, you, you won that tournament against some really good opponents. You deserve a really good seed. Yeah, you won a tournament versus some really good opponents, and three of them, or three others in your conference, are going to go to the NCAA tournament as well. Reward them. We're going to find out how much the NCAA tournament committee really respects the Mount West Conference. But remember, two years ago, they got, I mean, the Aggies got a, what, eight seed, right? They were an eight seed playing Washington. It was a nine seed. And we find out really quickly how good Washington was, but, I mean... Yeah, if you can uh, if you can take care of business versus Boise, and then you need hey, let me ask you this too, Eric. Say the Aggies sweep Boise State. Who would you be cheering for in that final week between the Broncos and the Aztecs? Uh, probably the Broncos. I mean, I guess because best, best case scenario would be a split, right? Well, if Utah State sweeps Boise State, yeah, and then Boise State plays uh, San Diego State and they lose those games, there's only three teams going to the NCAA tournament. Boise State will not go to the NCAA tournament. Wait, 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 wait! Say that one more time. Did I just hear you right? Say if that again. Utah State sweeps Boise State. Yes, and then Boise State goes to San Diego State and loses against the Aztecs. Both games. They're not, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, oh, yeah, they're, they're not getting they're not going Okay, to sorry, I, okay, I thought I heard differently. Yes, I agree with you. 100% agree with you. You're going to invite somebody who lost four? <laughs> four final games. Last games? <laughs> Four-game losing streak going into the conference tournament? Now, what would be a weird case scenario, say the Aggies... Split with Boise, split with Nevada. They get to the championship game and they lose to Boise. Are they in the tournament? Split with Boise and Nevada, get to the championship game and lose to Boise State. Utah State? Yeah. Yes, they're in. Okay. If they make it to the championship game, I think they're They're in. in. Okay, I'm with you. All right. Sounds good. I, I think that any of those top four teams, if they make it to the championship game, they're in. Yeah. We because in getting there, you would have beaten a quality opponent either in the quarterfinal or the semifinal. Yeah, that's true. And that's then played another really good team in Actually, the final. you know what? You bring up a really 
really good questions. Give me one moment here. I'm I'm uh I am looking. Oh, that's not what I'm looking for. Um, I'm hoping to to find out what our oh there it is our bracket will look like for basketball. Okay, son of a biscuit, it doesn't even have it. That's lame. Um, I'm kind of wondering what that bracket will look like for uh. Or I guess the seating will look like for teams that are playing. There it is. Found it. All right. So give me the standings in the Mount West Conference right now. Sorry, that was bad on air stuff. Wasn't that exciting? Shut up. The current standings in the Mountain West. Go and get start with nine and go up. Start with nine and go up? Yeah. Okay, so San Jose State is at nine. Okay. Wyoming. Wyoming second to last? Yes. Oh, that sucks to be them. So it would be San Jose State and Wyoming. Winner would play Utah State or the number one seed on Thursday. Okay. Then you have Fresno State, UNLV. And that would be, uh, what is that? Uh, those two, if, 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 if you're doing a 10-team bracket. Yes. That's the seventh team versus... They would face Colorado State. The winner of that would play Colorado State. Oh, who's the two seed, huh? Oh, wait. No, no, no. I'm looking at that wrong. Well, Colorado State is the two seed. But I don't think this uh, quite lines up. Oh, you know why it doesn't? It's because I told you to give me the top nine teams, not the top not 11 through one. That's why. Sorry. I looked at it wrong. I apologize. There's 11 teams in our tournament. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, 9 and 8 would be game 1, and that would be the number 1 seed. Or I guess Utah State at this point in time would play the winner of that game. 11 would play 6 in the finale capper of the opening night, which would be Wednesday. 11 would be who, New Mexico? Yep. And 6 seed would be, what, UNLV? Yes, UNLV is 6th. Wow. And then 10-7 game would be who? Air Force... And Fresno State. And that winner would get Colorado State right now, who's the two seed, right? Correct. Which one would you rather have? The 8-9 matchup or the 7-10 matchup on Thursday? The 8-9 or 7-10? Yeah. So, uh, what do we say? 8-9 is Fresno and... uh, no, 8-9 is Wyoming and San Jose. Yep. 7-10 is UNLV and Air Force. Okay, I'll take it back. I'll take the 8-9 game. I'll take the 8-9. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. What's San Diego State right now? San Diego State is actually fourth in the standings. They're fourth, huh? So we would see in Boise State's three? Correct. So Boise State would be on Colorado State's side of the bracket, and we'd have San Diego State on our side. But this is based on percentages. And as we were told yesterday by John Hartwell, there's like four pages of documents to figure That's out true. how the conference tournament That's will be seeded. Yep. And it's not about win totally like your win-loss record or even the percentages in conference play. I don't know how they're gonna how they figure that out. Four pages worth. 
Because you've got teams that have played more games than others. Like UNLV has only played 10 games in conference play, while Colorado State has played 14. So there's a big disparity among some teams on total number of games played. So <laughs> it's complicated. It's all complicated. Like, so and we you are- know... It's- when the seating gets announced, somebody's going to be whining, oh, it's not fair, that didn't get happened right. Or someone's not going to show up. Well. <laughs> That's the other problem is who's going to be there. It's a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's quirky right now. We don't have a lot of answers, and there's a lot of questions. And Yeah. Like I said, just go win. Go take care of business. Go win a few games here. Go finish out 4-0 to cap off the regular season and – we are uh, we're we're walking into the Mountain West Conference tournament with some swag. Um, hey, I I found something I wanted to. Uh... Again, this is just awesome radio right yeah, now. Awesome radio. He's found something, everybody. Oh, found something. He found something. Hold on. Never mind. It's not there. Oh, it's not there. <laughs> I was looking at three point percentage. Uh, in the NBA, but it only goes to 35, the top 35. So neither Joel Embiid or Giannis Antetokounmpo are on that list. So now i got to go find it again, somewhere else. Yeah, but Joel Embiid doesn't take a lot of threes. Giannis does, so that's not a fair, that's not a fair uh, comparison. I don't... There's got to be something on, like, sure what he that. shoots from, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's absolutely true. Because I want to know what they shoot from, like, the perimeter. I don't, I don't know if we can ever figure that out. Oh, wait. You know what? I know how you can figure it out. Hold on. I've got this. Um, Hold on. Hold on. Great radio going on right now, folks. Here we go. Uh, leaders in three-point percentage, right? Yep. Um... <laughs> this, this, you don't even fetching awesome. have it, NBA reference. What the fetch is your problem? Oh, there it is. Does, uh, it, does it go far enough? It doesn't, dude. No. Here's the wait. Hold on. I can find this. I can do this. I'm a leader. That doesn't even make sense. Um, all NBA. No, that doesn't do it either. Again, this is really good radio. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have three point percentage right now. It just has. I don't even know what this is, actually. This is all retired players all right, as well. We're doing it the old-fashioned way. Dude, Giannis, I, looking at, up each team, each player. Giannis is 27.6%. And uh, he he's he makes 1.1 for every 4.1 attempts. Is that a stat? This is stupid. So now... Now we're gonna go find Joel Embiid. I oh know my. this is this is like really compelling. I know we're working on like, it, folks. Award worthy stuff here. There, this might be a reason why we have so much upside and so much potential. <laughs> because I would you can't go much. Lower. Hey, wait, are we looking for three? Okay, we're so we're looking at three point three point percentage. Three point. Don't yell at me. I'm trying to help so you, Joel Embiid. That's I got to make sure I keep this straight. Just Embiid. Graded to or equal? What is this? Algebra? I don't know. Just give me the ding results. He attempts, <laughs> well, he makes 1.2 <laughs> for every 3.1 attempts. Why is our internet so slow? 37.7%. Gosh. This- He's a full 10 percentage points higher than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Wait, and what's his attempts, though? Again? 
Joel Embiid is 3.1 attempts per game. Giannis is 4.1 attempts per game. Both average about one a game. Interesting. So Joel Embiid is the better three-point shooter. He attempts. He doesn't attempt as many. He, but that's the thing is he doesn't attempt he makes, as many. But he makes more. But he doesn't attempt as many. If you shoot nine shots and I go shoot two or three and I go one out of two, my percentage is going to be a heck of a lot better than your 10 because you're going to miss. Like you're going to go if you go if you go six of 10, you're not going to have as good a percentage as I am. Embiid makes a few more, but he attempts less. And in those, those shot attempts, he has a better percentage. Oh, here we go. Hold on. There we go. We're going to get soft. We have here. the answer. Well, no, we don't have an answer. No one even knows what you're Joel talking about. Joel Embiid is the better three-point shooter than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Why doesn't, you know, sports reference can just, oh, basketball. There we go. Yeah. Oh, what the fetch? That's not what I wanted to do. Um, I'm going to fix this issue. I'm going to correct you. <gasps> there it is. Found it. All right. Jill Embiid. Okay. And what's his name? Giannis. We'll go 20. Are we just talking about the season, right? Yes, this year. This okay, season. I just want to make sure I heard that right. Got to compare apples to apples. Apples to grapes. All right. Get results. Now, right now, currently, three-point percentage, Giannis is attempting 4.13s compared to Jalen Beats 3.1. Correct. 1.2 makes for Jill Embiid compared 1. to 1.1. 1. 1. But 37.7% compared to 27.6%. But that there, there, he, he's attempting one whole more three than he's taking one more bad shot. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Oh man, I could spend all day on this. This is sweet. Yeah. Um, is it? Oh, there it is. That's crazy. That's nuts. Is this thing even right? This thing might be broken anyway. Our internet's been slow today, so who knows? They want us to look at Donovan Mitchell. Two, six, eight, nine, one. Okay. What? See, told you. Oh, man. Hold on. We got a lot of text here. Um, six, seven, eight, nine. Ajay arguing with math is not a good argument foundation. Look. All right, math wasn't my strongest subject. AJ uh, from two seven eight seven. If Eric makes six of ten, that is sixty percent. If you make one of two, that is fifty percent. Eric, has, is that true? Wait, really? Oh my! If I go one of two, but you go six of ten, you still get a better grade. That's bullcrap. That uh, is complete bullcrap. Yes, that's how math works. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, no. for those wanting to know, he attempts. 8.6 threes per game makes 3.6 with a three-point percentage of 41.9%. Oh, really? Oh, hey, wait. The, um, the leader for the Jazz in percentage is Royce O'Neal at 45.5. Four attempts a game, 1.8 makes. You know, it would be fun here. 
is going this versus Jamal Murray. Right? And we'll go season. Uh, no, we'll go career. I think career is better to go through. Maybe get results. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is... Whew, that's actually not bad. He is incredibly better than Jamal Murray. Anybody else you want us to look up? Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we're here. We got it. Uh, 6891. Yes, Ajay, that's true. Dude, that blows my mind. That's the stat that blew my mind. I'm using that next week. That if you go <laughs> 6 of 10 and you miss four shots and I only miss one, that's baloney. Oh, man. Math, it's a mysterious thing. 5763, JaVale McGee. Ooh, Kobe Bryant, if you can. So who would you compare? Okay, but who would you compare Kobe to? I mean, if we had to. Kobe to Jordan or Kobe to LeBron? Oh, man. Kobe to LeBron would be nuts. Because everyone says LeBron has gotten to be a better shooter. But he in has. A, has he really, though? He has improved his outside shot. Wow. Huh. Interesting. I don't... Hmm. Fair enough. Let's do this. Ajay's going to continue to do his homework. He'll oh, sharpen his number two pencil. Hey, Dad, will you grade my math test here? That's no, scary. I just put LeBron James versus Jamal Murray. That wouldn't have gone well for Jamal. Uh, on the other side, we'll update you on those questions. Thanks for bringing them in, sending them in through Heck the text yeah, this line. This is sweet. Uh, but we'll also get into the news from Major League Baseball. We'll update oh. you on. We'll, we'll compare which was the better team when through twenty five games into the season, the ninety six ninety seven Jazz or the two thousand twenty twenty one Jazz. Both have similar records to this point. Which team is the better team? Who would you trust in the NBA Finals? 96-97 Jazz or the 2020-21 Jazz versus those same Bulls of 96-97? Ooh, interesting. If you were to play that same Bulls team in 96-97, first go around with the Jazz and Bulls, who do you trust? That 96-97 Jazz team or the 2020-21 Jazz team? And uh, we'll also do our pick six. That's all coming up on the Full Court Press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. You done your comparisons there, AJ? Then we can move on. <laughs> okay, look, you got me addicted to it, and people were asking questions. And you know what? I agree with nine four seven four. Can everyone back off and give me a break on the whole math there? I'm sorry. Uh, he continues. He obviously went to college at Utah State. It's not. Oh, come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Cheap shots are not allowed. No shots to the groin. Home by dinner. Uh, six, seven, eight, nine. Donovan should be our second option offensively if we want a championship. Wow. So who's your first option? And if you tell me Joe Ingles, I'm walking out of here. I'm leaving the show and I'm quitting. Three, George, four, two, George six. George Niang. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Three, four, two, six. You can't compare the Chicago Bulls team of 96, 97 
To our current 21 team, physically, there was nobody that could deal with Rudy Gobert. And Donovan Mitchell, it is a totally different game now. Here's the thing. Rudy Gobert wouldn't be an issue for the Chicago Bulls. Donovan Mitchell would be an issue, but counter, but Michael Jordan could counter with Donovan Mitchell and probably outdo Donovan Mitchell with no problem at all. Uh, I think Rudy Gobert would have an advantage over what Chicago had at the center position. Luke Longley, yeah. yeah. Probably, but but Rudy Gobert's not going to score you 46 points. No, he won't. But defensively, an advantage... And no, because what Luke he can Lo- do offensively too would be an advantage. Uh, defensively, I like okay, Rudy Gobert. Defensively, would have a little bit of trouble with Luke because he was a good perimeter shooter. Not as I mean, not like I mean, maybe to the elbow and in, he was good shooter. But I mean, you got you got Tony Kukoc, Scottie Pippen, and Michael Jordan. Like that alone is a huge problem. Right. I think the bigger issue would be the uh, Scotty Pippen matchup. Joe Ingles would maybe score. Okay, so if it's a seven-game series, seven games, I'm saying Chicago Bulls four games to one over this current Jazz team. Four games to one. They get one in that series. Because Tony Kukoc would shut down who? Joe Ingles? Scotty Pippen? Wait, Tony Kukoc was not a shutdown defender? He... Tony like Joe Ingles is not scoring on Tony Kukoc. I'm yeah, sorry. He could. No, there's no way. And by the way, if you how at, is Joe Ingles doing anything the three, in the league? Oh then? my god! You just put 24 oh, wait, on Boston. <laughs> you put Boston into that? Co- no, don't put that into the same conversation. Well, look what Joe Ingles did against uh, Paul George in previous series. Paul George was, you know, great player, all star. Uh, uh, Paul George was a good player until he got to the playoffs. There's a reason why they call him Pandemic P. Like, he's not... I'm taking Tony Kukoc over Joe Ingles. And by the way, Tony Kukoc would outscore Joe Ingles. Michael would outscore... Who? Donovan? Oh, yeah. And he would shred Donovan. Absolutely shred Donovan so badly that it almost become embarrassing. Well, the that Bulls team had a lot more veteran craftiness to them than this Jazz team has. Now... The, that 96-97 Jazz team had some veteran craftiness, which allowed them to be in that series and take it to six. Okay. But I think that this, this year's team, I don't think they have that veteran type of, look, things aren't going this way in the game, so yeah. I know how to adjust so I can still compete in another way. Sure. I think they're getting there. I yeah. think Donovan and Rudy are proving that this team is adapting so they can do that. And certainly, I think Quinn Snyder is as a as a coach adapting too. Three, four, two, six. If Michael Jordan has to guard Donovan Mitchell all night, he is not going to be as good as he was in the ninety six ninety seven series. The, the Jazz of old, they didn't have anybody who could break down a defense like Donovan can. He would constantly put pressure on a defense. Sure, absolutely. But Michael Jordan puts pressure on a defense as well. Yeah, true. Constantly, all night. But honestly, I think the X factor in the series in that series would be Scottie Pippen. Who is Scottie Pippen guard? Royce. Yeah, he'd dominate Royce. <laughs> Royce wouldn't have a shot. <laughs> you'd probably have uh, you'd probably have Dennis Rodman on Boyan. 
and Boyan would torch Dennis Rodman too. Dennis Rodman. It's just it's different. Yeah, it is different, and I'm with you. But maybe you know what? Maybe what you do, and I'm just you know we're going back here, but maybe you flop it or flip it. You would put Scotty on Boyan and put Dennis Rodman on Royce O'Neal. Royce would be guarding Jordan. Yeah, Royce would get Royce. And and you know what? As as bad as Byron Russell got it from Jordan, Jordan would put up forty five average in that series versus Royce O'Neal without no. even breaking. Yes, he would. No. Royce O'Neal wouldn't have a shot. I think wouldn't Royce have a is shot a better to guard Jordan. No, Brian he's Russell not. Is. No, there's no way. Royce Brian O'Neal Russell is a decent defender, but I think Royce is is better. How? I think he's more aggressive. More, and I think he's more athletic. And I think he's got a little bit more of a consistent offensive threat. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. An open three from Byron, you know, is going in. An open three from Royce O'Neal, your brain hits the backboard. Did you hear me earlier? His... He's, has, he's shooting 45% from oh, three. Oh, jeez. Here we go. Numbers don't lie. Uh, no. No matter how you try to do the math. No. Okay, right now, currently, Royce O'Neal is shooting 46 from three. From four, three. 45.5%. Can't find his. Are you sure? One point eight three. Okay, forty five percent. You're right. Brian Russell from three in that ninety six ninety seven season was shooting forty percent, but taking more attempts. And Russell shot forty seven percent from the field. And Royce O'Neill is shooting forty six. By the way. Russell is averaging, oh, actually not that much. Never mind. Royce O'Neal is shooting, averaging 1.83s per game. Um, yeah, that season, Brian Russell averaged about 11 points a game. And what's Royce averaging right now? Seven. Royce is averaging eight. Uh, and then the other question is, 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 oh, never mind. Uh, Cause I was about to ask you, would you, t- <laughs> would you take Oster Tiger Rudy Gobert? Don't, don't <laughs> just forget that I asked you that. <laughs> or I was about to ask you that. And the other thing about it is, okay, jazz bench right now is phenomenal, right? Jordan Clarks and Derek favors, but the bench back in 96, 97 for the jazz was really, really good. What? I thought Shannon Anderson was, Shannon, Shannon Anderson, Anderson was that good. That year was like a rookie. Yeah, and he was good. He was good. He Had was, he stayed with the Utah Jazz, he would have developed into something well, much he been more sorry. special. Um, who's the backup point guard for the Jazz right now? Who's it? Donovan Mitchell. That's your backup for the the depth on the Jazz. The starting point guard for Utah right now is Mike. Mike Conley. Conley. The backup is. But if Mike Conley goes to the bench, who backs him up? Is it Mitchell? Then they just. He slides to the point guard spot. So the depth was better on the Jazz in 96-97 because Isley was there. No. That was? The depth this year is better. You didn't see John Stockton go sub out and then Jeff Hornacek play the one. No, it was different. Yeah, there was a... The the positions were different. They're more ambiguous in today's NBA. Uh, They were clearly defined back then. Three, four, two, six. Either way, it's an entirely different game now to then the NBA is even refereed differently now than then. That's correct. That's a good point. True. It's much more physical then. Again, Jordan would put up 45 average. In, in today's game, 
with freedom of movement. Jordan would cook him. He'd be dominant player. Um. Okay, so you got your starting five of Stockton, Hornacek, Russell, Malone, and Ostertag, right? That was your starting five? Yep. Antoine Carr off the bench. Monster. Would you take him over Derek? Ooh, him or Derek Favors? Derek Favors. I take Antoine. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You're taking Derek Favors? Yes. I think he's more refined offensively. I think Antoine Carr was good physical. Oh, dude, he was a brute. Get in the paint, scrap it up. He was a brute. Yeah. Derek Favors is not that kind of a guy. No. True. Um, who would you compare Shannon Anderson to for to a now, off for the Jazz? Is he Jordan Clarkson? Probably the closest comparison. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson way more better offensively. Shannon, oh Anderson, yeah, Shannon oh. was probably a better defender. And he, yeah, well, and well, yeah, and he was a better defender. And Shannon Anderson had so much athleticism; he just never used it. Who would you compare? Who would be the Greg Foster of today's Jazz team? <laughs> I'm trying to think, actually. George Nyang. Oh, geez, that's an insult to Greg. Our deepest apologies, man. 9463. The question is, do you take 2021 Rudy over 98 Carl, or do you take 2021 Spider over 98 Stockton? I'm taking... Oh, I'm... Duh. I'm... Spider over Stockton, and Carl over Rudy. I take Spider over Stockton because I mean it's just creative. I mean that's well, just because how that's look, tough. No, is it as tough though? Because Donovan can create off the dribble, he unlike can, Stockton. But Stockton elevated everyone else around him, which Donovan can too. Yeah, he he's getting better. He's at getting that. better. He's getting better at that. Now is is Donovan Mitchell going to have 13, 15 assists? No, but he's going to score you eighteen something points. What did Stockton average that year, Eric? It points? Yeah. What did he average? Do you 14 know? and a half. 14 and a half. And in assists, what did he have? 10 and a half. What's Donovan right now? 24 points, five assists. So do you want do you want a double digit points and assist guy, or do you want a high scoring low assist guy? I'm taking Donovan, right? I mean, that's crazy not to. Well, if you got other guys that are Doing other things too. Look, that Jazz squad in 96 97 had four guys in double figures on average. This year's Jazz squad has one, two, three, four, five, six guys who average double figures. Who's the six? Donovan's obviously one of them, right? Bob Joe Jones. Ingles. Joe Ingles is averaging double. What is he, what is he getting? 10.7. Greg Foster. Jordan Clarkson, 17.4. Look, that's what you have coming off the bench. You have two guys off the bench who are scoring in double figures. The Jazz of yesteryear never had that. That's yeah, because the Jazz were more... Pa- and, and and look, they... They, they relied they, on their starting five way more well, they than didn't this score. I mean, they, they they didn't score that many points either. They They defensively, the defensive side of the ball was their catalyst. Unlike this Jazz team, the defensive side of the ball was their catalyst to wins. And so they would, and so they're gonna try and hold you down. By the way, I also I think Greg Foster is a Joe Ingles. That's my comparison. What about Adam Keefe? Oh jeez. Is Adam Keefe more George Niang? Yeah. That's that's a really there you know what? That is spot on. George Niang is Adam Keefe. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so here, play this game. Um, you need your starting five. Mike Conley or John Stockton, who are you taking? No, John Stockton. Okay. Uh, Donovan Mitchell or Byron Russell? Taking Donovan? Donovan. Um, Royce O'Neal or Jeff Hornacek? Uh, I probably have to go with Royce because I need the defense. I'm going with Hornacek. I need the points. Hornacek was averaging 14.5 and 4.5 and assists. He was shooting... Shot 37% from three. Royce is shooting 45% from three. He shot white. He shot how? That's Hornacek the season? attempted 2.4 three-point attempts per game. But he shot 48% from the field. And by the way, if you got to send someone to the line, I'm taking Hornacek simply if we need a free throw and I got to have a guy to shoot free throws, it's going to be Hornacek. Royce O'Neal shoots more and makes more per game at a better percentage. What is up with you right and Royce O'Neal? I swear, Jeff every single time we talk about a Jazz team in the current form, you're like, you know what? Who's the starting point guard? Royce O'Neal. Who's your starting shooting guard? Royce O'Neal. <laughs> no. He's also my starting power forward and center, too. I have Royce O'Neal. He can being, do a lot of things. Do you think, let me guess. He let is me versatile. Guess. You probably have Royce O'Neal in the All-Star game right now, too. And you probably have him on your All-NBA second team. Good God! I just I think mean, we put on some rose-colored glasses and, and we try to remember no, I'm just, and think <laughs> about these guys that did things that they really didn't do. But we also have to remind remember the era was different. The three-point shot wasn't like what it, it is well, Yeah, today. it wasn't being used as consistently as now. But if it was, okay, if it was, would you take Hornacek or Royce O'Neal? Uh, Hornacek in today's game would be, he'd be averaging... A lot more points, a lot more three-point attempts and makes. 2776. It's because Eric's old. He probably likes Goonies. Well, he probably does. Hey, that's a great movie. See, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Um, <laughs> They're going to be bagging on Goonies. No, okay, because you're bagging on my guy Hornacek. I liked Hornacek. No, you don't. You like no, you no, you probably don't. If I Hornacek think, was right here, I just think Royce is a more versatile. You probably player. tell him, well, not only were you a crappy coach, but you're probably a crappy basketball player too back in the day. If you look at your stats. I take Royce O'Neal over you. You probably have like. Would you take Boyan or Brian Russell? Boyan. Oh, absolutely. Better defender and a better score. Or I guess more accurately, would you take Boyan or Carl Malone? That's a power forward. Oh, position Carl Malone. For power forward position. Oh, Carl Malone. Absolutely, because you're getting what did Carl average for you, man? 27.4 a game. Yeah, I'm taking Carl, and it was consistently night after night after night. Boyan, it depends which one shows up. The one that goes 0 for 12 for his first, you know, first 12 shots are the one that's going to hit the game winner at the end. Carl averaged 27.4 points, nearly 10 rebounds. Yeah, I'm taking Four and Carl. a half assists, one and a half steals. Yeah, I'm taking Carl Malone. So your point guard is John Stockton. Yes. Your shooting guard, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, absolutely. Small forward. Who is the options again? Byron Russell? And, uh, or, you know, who is that? I guess oh, that position, Royce O'Neal or I'm, Brian oh, Russell. Oh, yeah. I'm, ooh. I'm taking Brian Russell. Absolutely. Uh, power forward, Carl Malone or Boyan? Carl Malone. Carl Malone. And then you're starting center, Greg Ostertag or Rudy Gobert. Ostertag was a monster. 
He did it all. He got you fired up. He would absolutely do nothing yes, on the he play, got you fired up, and but he not would for run right down reasons. the other side of the court with his arms in the air like he just hit the game-winning bucket. I love the energy. Give me tag. No, okay, sorry, go better. Hey, who would you take off the bench though? Okay, um, man, I guess it wouldn't really matter. I'm taking Jordan Clarkson no matter what. Okay, who would you take off the bench? Uh, Chris Morris or George Niang? George Niang. What? Chris, you do it just to spite me. I swear, you are so insulting to the team. Chris Morris averaged 4.3 points a game. George Yang, 4.4. Oh, yeah. But George oh, Yang can shoot George, an outside okay, shot. Okay, you know what? And you know what? How, uh, let's look at the averages of hitting the side of the backboard on, on open jumpers. <laughs> 9.5 for George Yang. Three for Chris Morris. Okay, Adam Keefe? <laughs> Adam Keefe or... Uh... Gerald Brantley. And you know, I'm not even going to ask about Tony Bradley. Adam you, Keefe. You would take... Oh, really? Because you take Tony... Well, Brantley Br- doesn't do anything. You would take Tony... Brantley will get in. No, hold on. Adam Keefe will get if in and Tony mix it Bradley up. If Tony Bradley was still on this roster, you'd probably take him over like Carl Malone, wouldn't you? I know you. I know you're where your fandom sits. They hook you up with tickets or something. <laughs> we got to take a break. If you had to choose between a signed ball, you'd probably take, uh, you'd probably take uh, Tony Bradley. <laughs> Over like Brian Russell, <laughs> Bradley. What if? Hey, what if Bradley game. ended up being a part of a championship team and Russell never was? <laughs> the full court press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. This it's it's fun to reminisce on past teams and past eras. It is always difficult though to compare. When you're so obsessed with Royce O'Neal and George Ying and Tony Bradley, I know. <laughs> I can only imagine. Uh, but it's it's good. It's good. It's good feedback. I hope you learned a lesson, Eric. Uh, let's see, 2776, it's because Hornacek and the Goonies were a big part of your life in your formative years, <laughs> and you look at them as fountain of youth to remember the young. You, you're probably the dad who comes home and disappoints the kids because you bring Rocky Road ice cream to the house. What's wrong with Rocky Road ice cream? Yeah, there we go, there we go. Actually, that was my mom's favorite. You know, it's always been my goal to make uh, a chubby person do the truffle shuffle. I've always wanted to see how that looks in person. Chunk. <laughs> All right, we've got to go quick. Do it! Pick six. We're off to push off our Major League Baseball discussion till tomorrow. Okay, okay. Uh, who won? Me? You were the big winner. So I'm going to defer decide. the kick. All right. On Friday, which will be greater? Utah Jazz three-point makes or Jordan Clarkson points? On Friday, they play the Bucks. Wait, which will be greater? Which will be greater? What does that mean? Which will be more? Will there be more three-point shots made by the Jazz collectively as a team, or Jordan Clarkson points? Well, Jordan Clarkson's taken ninety-five percent of those looks. So I'm going to say Clarkson. So you're going to take points. I'm going to take makes. All right. Which will be more? Rudy Gobert blocks, 
or Royce O'Neal made threes. This is on Saturday <laughs> against the Miami Heat, which will be more. Rudy Gobert blocks or Royce O'Neal made threes. I'll take Royce O'Neal. Did you love Royce? Shut it. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take blocks. All right. It's Sam Merrill in his next game for the Bucks in the G League. You mean for Memphis? Well, it's Memphis, yes. An affiliate for the Bucks. Uh points made in his next game. Setting the line at ten and a half. Over or under? For who? What? Sam Merrill points in his next game played for his G League team. Uh, Ten and a half <laughs> over or under? Over. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take the under. You would. <laughs> Straight up. Wait, What? <laughs> now you know how I feel. <laughs> hey, hey, I got a question for you. Wait, what did you say? So I was looking at this, uh, looking at the squirrel running up a tree, grabbing a nut. Okay, <laughs> uh, Friday, Saturday, Jazz Bucks, Jazz Heat. Jazz finished what in those two games? Uh, so jazz record after those two games? Yep. Oh, I said, sorry. Yeah. So I mean, they go one and one, two and zero, zero and two. Um. I'm going to say Jazz go uh, – I'm going to say they go 2-0. Uh, and oh. I like the Jazz. Oh, man. I'm going to go 1-1. One and one. Okay. Uh, Nets Warriors on Saturday night, ABC. Uh, who has more, Curry or KD? Who has more points? Sorry. Uh, I'm going to say Curry. Okay. Um, And then finally. Well, what about you? Oh, sorry. I was supposed to pick, huh? Uh, I'm going to say KD. Okay. Last one. And then uh, Boise State UNLV in game two. Boise State 13 and a half over under. Ooh. Uh, game two. I'm going to take the under. All right, I'm gonna take the take the over. Uh, you want to pick a tiebreaker? Oh yeah, we need a tiebreaker. Uh, let's go. What do you want to do? Should we do a score? Sure. Uh, uh, what? Jazz. I don't know. What do you want to do? Jazz Heat. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna go one, 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 one twelve ninety one Jazz. 112 to 91. Okay. Um, I like that. Uh, I'm going to say Jazz. Gosh. I'm going to say Jazz 115, Miami 100. Okay. All right. Quick break. Final thoughts. Coming up next to the Full Court Press. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. 
Hey, big night last night in Region 11. I don't think I've ever seen a blowout like what I saw with Ridgeline over Bear River. It was like 80 to 25, Oof. something like that. It was crazy. Wow. So tomorrow we'll set up the games that are going on in Region 11, how you can follow along, and we'll get into Major League Baseball talk as they've released their schedule, at least their start time, and now it'll finish as well. Kind of exciting to see it come about. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.